The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how fast you're going? What? How fast you're going? I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast, so if you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot, turn this off before you get butt hurt and mad, start to cry, have to run to your safe space. All opinions are those of the host and his guest, and do not reflect the opinions of any government agency. Welcome to Motor Cop Chronicles, the podcast. I'm your host, Iceman. Hope everyone had a good good Friday, three day weekend for most, except for a lot of my brothers and sisters in blue out there that have to work a lot of holidays. Trust me, I feel your pain. Spent many years doing it. Missed out on a lot of holidays with the kids and grandkids as I got older. Uh, let's not forget that Easter's not about just you know chocolate rabbits and dyed Easter eggs and peeps. The delicious peeps are my favorite. Marshmallow, marshmallow deliciousness. And the real reason is for when Jesus rose from the grave. So let's not forget to celebrate the real reason for Easter. And I understand that there's going to be a, there's a lot of tough times going on out there with, with families not being able to come together, especially with the uh, great-grandparents and stuff like that. And myself really not even going around my own grandchildren, which I have quite a few of them because I'm coming old and I don't, don't want to be around them just in case because, you know, I'm, I'm still out there working in the public and stuff like that. And I don't want to bring anything to them. So you know, my heart does go out to all of those grandparents and great grandparents that can't spend the holiday with their grandchildren. Uh, unfortunately, the ranch won't be able to make any more appearances with us. Uh, department that he works for, uh, don't feel appropriate that, uh, He's on a podcast or anything like that, and you know, I, I totally respect their decisions and everything. Um, not here to throw any one or any body or any department under the bus. Just trying to get all the funny stories out there, a little bit of information. Like I said, I will not talk about any department's policies and procedures, any ongoing cases or anything like this. Most of these stories I tell are are decades old, <laughs> a lot of them. But like I said, I respect that department's decision totally. And the wrench did say, he did tell me, I asked him, and he will write down his tech tips for me because, like I said in the last episode and before that, you don't want me working on anything you have. Because if it's broke, definitely going to be more broke when I finish messing with it, 
probably to the point where it won't be able to be fixed. But if you have any uh, tech questions or something, email us. Uh, go on Facebook, send us a message, Murder Cop Chronicles Facebook page. Uh, you get him out, I'll, I'll get them to him. He'll write them down for me, and I will gladly read them out. Even though I probably won't know much about what I'm talking about with it, I can, I, I can read. I did learn that much in school anyway. Uh, it is Easter, so I'm going to try to stay a little as PG as I can. You know, just have you know a little bit of respect, even though I know a lot of people that do know who I am probably just fell out their chairs if they listen to it. But uh, I'm just going to do my little rant this time. I, I didn't have a rant last time on the second episode. My rant today will be for this episode is out where I live. There, there's this group of uh, sport bikes, crotch rockets, however you want to do it. They, they frequent the roadway in front of my residence, which is a, a country road, 35 mile on speed limit. These people, and I know for a fact, the other day on my way home, I I clocked one on my work bike, and he was doing, he, he was at 80 miles an hour in a 35. Well, I'm not in jurisdiction anymore, so I couldn't pull him over and do anything about it. But, yeah, these people, it's ridiculous. I know they go in front of my house sometimes in, in, at 90 plus, and that's not me being like a civilian saying, a lot of people are doing 150 miles an hour in front of my house. No. I'm a radar and LIDAR instructor, and like I said, I've been doing traffic for 19 years of my career almost. I'm really good at looking at vehicles and getting within three miles an hour of how fast they're going. Anyway, these these motorcycles, they're, they're coming by our house, you know, 80-plus miles an hour. You can hear them way before they get here. My wife looked at me one day. She says, that's not making you mad. I'm like nope, it's not. It's not making me mad to that point where I'm just waiting to hear the large crash that's inevitable that's going to happen. And you know, call me morbid or whatever, but it's going to be my satisfaction driving a motorcycle like that at high rates of speeds, especially on these country roads like that. It's going to take a split second for somebody to back out the driveway, a dog run out in front of them. It's just like they're playing Russian roulette, but. Hey, some of you guys out there, if you're, if you're still listening, you know where I live. Hey, once this uh, corona's over with, and, and come back out here and try to catch these. See, I almost cussed and caught myself. Catch these guys and uh, maybe tow their bikes or something for some reckless operation. Do a brother a favor before they get themselves killed or worse, they end up hitting a kid or hitting a car or something and killing a innocent civilian person out there that was just minding their own business and they were being jackasses and ended up killing somebody besides themselves. So that's going to be the little rant today. I'm going to try to keep my stories more on the lighter side with it being Easter, trying to be a little respectful, which like I said, probably freaking some people out there that do know who I am, me being respectful. Because my... Uh, my earlier days in law enforcement as a younger cop, you know, I was I was the hothead, the the mouthy one, all stuff like that. You know, I'm I'm pushing fifty years old now. I've calmed down a lot. I'm not the same cop that I used to be. Way as this old cop saying, probably way back in the day. Well, back in the day, you know, I I was that. You know, 
I'd rather go hands on and try to talk somebody out of something. Now I'd rather try to talk you out of something and put my hands on you. So so many people that don't believe it, I am a totally different cop than I was 20 years ago. Back to the little story part. Being in motors and being a motor cop, you you will at some point in your career as a motorcycle cop, you, you do some public speaking. If it's not at some type of function at a school or some kind of training thing or you're gonna you're gonna have to do public speaking. So if you're shy about it, you're gonna have to get over it. We did a lot of public. I did public speaking. You know, we used to. I used to go to these uh, classes where they the driver's ed classes that the the kids have. Uh, several years we it spoke probably at ten or fifteen. A different ones during the summertime, just talking to the kids about you know drinking and driving, uh, funeral stuff when. A lot of people see when funeral escorts coming at them. Look for any civilians out there. If you you see you see a bunch of motorcycle cops coming at you, and, and the one up front or whatever is waving his hand back and forth. No, we're not waving at you, saying hi. What he's doing is he's just wanting you to pull over on the shoulder for a little bit. Either it's a wide load, or, or there's a good chances a funeral coming up behind him with several other motorcycles, and it's just not pushing you over to the shoulder of the road trying to make you have a little respect for the family and the deceased person coming by. A lot of times they're pushing you over because what is most of the cop when we run these escorts, and if you've been in a funeral, you've seen it. If you're holding the intersection and then you're coming back up to the front, we call that leapfrogging. A lot of times they're just trying to push you over because there's a good chance there, there may be a motorcycle, a motor cop, coming back up on the wrong side of the road to get back up to the front so they can keep catching the intersections and for their safety of course and yours too just to scoot over let let them have enough room i mean i see people all the time getting really mad and beating on their steering wheels and all the stuff like that and look come on i think the longest one i've ever been on where you might have had to stop would have been when a law enforcement officer or very predominant person got hurt or something you know maybe sit on side road for a maximum of 10 minutes the longest, usually average, you're going to have to sit on the side of the roads maybe a minute to two minutes. I mean, two minutes out of your life going to Walmart, wherever you're going, a Dollar General, whatever store you're going to, is not going to kill you for the safety of that motor cop and having a little respect for that family. I mean, think about it. That could be your mom or, or grandparents or something or dad coming up that just passed away. And it's just nice to see, you know, somebody have a little respect for you just sit there for, you know, two minutes out of your busy life just to let them go by. So I guess that's part of a rant too, even though I didn't mean it to be. Back back to it. Like I said, we got to speak to uh, kids a lot in schools. I had a partner. His name was Shrek back in the day. Like he was one of the original motors when I started working. So this is like, I don't know, 2001, 2003 area, somewhere in there. But we used to go, me and him used to make it a point. We would drive around into different schools and go eat lunches with uh, the elementary kids. I mean, be honest, the high school kids don't want to eat with you. You're, you're not cool to them. The elementary kids still think you're pretty cool. We went to this this one school. We went and ate. We had to meet with the uh, special ed class. So we come up there and we show up. We walk into the lunchroom when this little kid turns around and looks at us and says, What y'all doing here? I'm like, well, we come to eat lunch with y'all. 
Well, what y'all going to eat? You know, this kid's like in second grade. You know, what y'all going to eat? Oh, we're going to eat lunch with you. Yeah, but we, we ain't, they ain't got no donuts. Really, kid? Know where his parents are thinking. Yep. And tell us, we can't eat with him because the lunchroom don't serve donuts. <laughs> we see both kind of looking at him with a shocked look on our face like, this little kid just hit us with the donut jokes being a cop. Another time, Shrek tricked me. It's like, hey, you can, I just got to go talk to a class at this school. Of course, it was elementary. I was probably second or third grade class. I, I got I got to go do take care of such and such. Can you do it for me? Well, I... Took care. I said, yeah, I can take care of it for you. I show up. And, and I try to get on the kids' level. So I, I get in the classroom, and I, I sit on the floor with the kids. Well, nowadays I wouldn't be able to sit on the floor because the teacher would have to help me get my old ass up off the floor. But anyway, I sat down on the floor with the kids. And this one little kid first says, well, where's your dog? I'm not a canine officer. I'll have a dog. Got a motorcycle. Oh, we want to see a dog. All right. Now, now I'm not feeling so cool at this point. And this other little kid looks at me and, and asks me if I would like to go on a date with his mama because he, she needs a, a, a boyfriend and he needs a daddy. Now I'm just kind of looking at this kid with this stunned look on my face. I'm like, what, what you gonna tell this kid? I'm like, well, I was married at the time. I'm like, I'm sorry, son. I'm I'm married, stuff like that. And this poor little kid's trying hard. But kids, I'll tell you what, when you see them shows, what darnest things kids say or whatever like that, small kids like that, they just say what's on their mind. They they don't care. Uh, had another little kid came up to me, and it's kind of sad. It's not even real funny. But he comes up to me, and he's like, my daddy works with y'all. I'm like, oh, really? Who's your daddy? Oh, he, he's the one that he, he cooks the food in the kitchen at the jail. Well, of course, as you know, I know, and most people know, poor little fella. He's an inmate that's cooking the food in the kitchen at the jail. Not an employee. Well, I wasn't going to tell this poor little kid that. You know, he was proud, thought his daddy, you know, was a cop, worked at the jail, was a cook. Oh, I said, all right, well, I'll tell him, hey, next time I, I see him up there, and, and he should have done a real good job of cooking. So I don't know how funny you might think some of the little stories that the kids are or not, but I guess sometimes if you have to be there. Uh, parents, please, please don't tell your kids. See that cop right there? If you're not good, he's going to put you in jail. Well, I'll actually look at the parents and say, no, I look at the kid. I'm, no, I'm not going to put you in jail. That's, that's not true. And I tell parents, I'm going to tell that kid that. I mean, if something happens to them and they need help, I don't want them to be scared of me and run away from me. I'd rather them come to me, and you're making me into a fearful person. You know, tell them, you know, something else is going to happen or something. Don't, don't make them scared of the cops. Just, I've had to go... Like I said, teach at, you know, a lot of the driver aid classes and some of the stuff, you know, them kids ask you up there and stuff. Most of them, first thing out of these kids, after they point new stuff on your gun belt, what's this? What's that? What's this? 
to explain it to them, you know, this is my extra bullets, you know, it's my gun, that's my radio. Well, of course, everybody's already saying, oh, have you ever shot anybody? Well, like that, since 1993 to present, knock on wood, thank God, I have never had to pull the trigger on an individual person at all. I hope I can retire without ever having to pull my trigger on another human being as much as, you know, the news media and everything else might want to tell you. Like I said, I, I don't know any anybody in law enforcement personally that wakes up in the morning or in the afternoon and gets ready to go on duty when they're putting their duty gear and getting dressed and everything saying, you know what, I sure hope I get to shoot somebody today. I, I just don't see that happening. I know not me. I have had my, I've had a gun pointed at a lot and a lot of people, but thank God I've never actually had to pull that trigger. And I don't know many that would want to have to pull that trigger. All right, back on the subject or different subject. Sometimes I get off topic and just start talking about different stuff. So if you don't listen to me, you might as well get used to it. I actually do write myself out an outline on what I want to talk about. And for some reason, I can't follow my own outline. Even though I have the, got the nickname Nice Man way back when, believe it or not, I mean, I'm, I come across as dry, maybe cold. You know, actually, once you get to know me, I'm really not. I'm real big in the community policing. I believe in it. Not, you know, a lot of the younger guys, some of the guys I've trained in the recently, not too long, I mean, the last eight months of the year, I had some rookie guys got to ride with me and I'd bring them out into the, the neighborhoods and stuff. And if I saw people out in their yards or sitting on their porches and stuff like that, I stop, I get out. I, if I was in unit, I get out in my unit, I walk up there, I talk to them. I got a lot of times, you know, people are like, something wrong? No. Well, just come out here, check, see how y'all doing. You know, let you know we're here for you. You know, you need any help with anything, just let us know. I carry ring pops and uh, suckers and stuff for the, the children. I get out, see them in the yard. I get out, walk up to them, the parents. I talk to them, definitely talk to the kids. I mean, that's the future generation. I'd rather them like the police and law enforcement than be scared of us. That is uh, one people, the area I was working in, probably about a year or so ago. They had a uh, husband and wife, had these three little girls, cute little girls. Well, I got to know the little kids pretty good. I was, I, they knew me by name. Every time they'd see me, they'd run up. Don't matter if I was at the store, wherever they saw me, they'd run up and give me a hug, call me by name. They knew I'd give them suckers and stuff. It's like I found out their dog had been poisoned, ran over there, and I, I you know, went to their house to give them suckers. And, you know, their father was outside, and he was like, like well, uh, you ain't got nothing for me. You know, I said I don't. I don't have no chronic with me. And he's like, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> nothing against the dude. It's like everybody's got their own thing. And oh, I, I said, come on, bud. He's like, bud. I was like, yeah, that's your new nickname, bud. What do you mean? I said, dude, come on, man. I said, every time I'm around you, I said, I said you reek of weed. I said, I think instead of Cheerios in the morning, you, you smoke weed. He just kind of looks at me. I'm like. So, no, I don't have nothing for you, but, you know, I said, you know, I basically told him, I said, just keep, make sure you try to keep all the crap away from your kids. You got three pretty little girls, stuff. So, yeah, I did give that guy a nickname. 
Yeah. And they look, I'm I'm not dogging this dude out because he smokes weed. I mean, he's actually I seen him around. He he loves his kids a lot, and you know, so is his wife. And he just got the nickname of Bud now because of it. But community policing and other cops get look. If you drive around the neighborhood and you see people outside, ain't even got to be kids. I mean, we do it just straight up grown people and teenagers. Get out and talk to them. You see them playing basketball, get out and, you know, shoot some basketball and stuff with them. The few videos you do see on, you know, the news or YouTube or wherever, Facebook. I mean, that that's the good stuff. I think, you know, put a friendlier face on law enforcement. Let, let these people in these communities know that, you know, we're not out here just trying to put everybody in jail. And if you're just driving by looking at them and staring at them, you know, you're just that cop that's staring at them, trying to see if they're doing something wrong. Get out and talk to them, you know, with the community people. I mean, like I said, I don't even live in these areas, and a lot, of, a lot of them know me by name now because I got out and talked to them. I was putting myself out in the community. I'd rather, you know, if I'm out there and I stop, and these people do know you as kind of a person and not just, you know, the cop that drives by or writing them tickets, like I said. I do write tickets. Love writing tickets. But, you know, some of the people I've known, I've written tickets to. But, you know, I'm fair about it. And if you ain't civilians out there, it's like, oh, I have to say almost cussed again. I'm trying not to do it today. We're trying to be respectful for Easter. I write tickets for the simple reason not to make money for any departments or anybody like that. I'm not trying to hurt people's pocketbooks, even though I know it does hurt. My point is, is if I write you a ticket here, it's going to slow you down. Possibility, I might have just stopped you from going up the road a couple of miles and getting in a crash or, you know, or something bad happening. Or the next time you're driving down this stretch of highway, you're going to be like, oh, crap, I need to slow down. I got a ticket here last time. I'm just trying to modify your behavior for that area. It's not about revenue for me or anything like that. I'm just basically wanting to keep people safe. Unfortunately, Sometimes getting in your pocketbooks to help keep you safe. I mean, it, that's part of it. it makes it makes people mad. I mean, I, I've gotten tickets before and stuff. So, like I said, I'm real big in the community policing. The kids are great, and you you never know you go you can meet a lot of good people in a community. And I mean, go. I mean, I'm not trying to be you know whatever, but go like in the hood, you know. Get out and talk to these people. I mean, you just drive around looking at them. They they think they're thinking one thing of you. Don't don't be that closed minded. When I was a young cop, I thought you know I was you know thought every you know, everything was black and white, black and white. It as I got older and more than it is, everything is not black and white. There is a gray area in there, and if you start thinking in the gray area and not in the black and white area, I found that uh, it, it's a whole lot better. Make yourself a lot more, you know. It's not the good guys and the bad guys. There is the good guys and the bad guys. There's just people that are in between, too. People that are caught in the middle. Just because somebody lives in the hood or a bad neighborhood, that don't mean that they're bad. They might be stuck. They might be able to afford to get out of somewhere. So, so there, I see I went on a tangent again, straight off the subject. And I, I apologize if this isn't the funniest one. Uh, not all of them will be just funny i guess i'm hoping not boring you too much but most of my stories I, if i start telling some of them i'm gonna get into my my other language mode and i'm trying to be respectful today 
So, I want to end it with that today. I know this is short. Like I said, I hope everybody had a happy Easter. Hopefully this virus stuff will be gone before long and all the families and friends can get back together and have a good time. I know I'm looking forward to it. So, just always remember, I could be behind you. So hit us up on our Facebook page, Motor Cop Chronicles on Facebook or Motor Cop Chronicles at gmail.com. You can email us, uh, any other law enforcement, firemen, anything. You got a story you want to tell, you want to be a guest, hit us up, let us know. If you got any questions, hit us up, let us know. Uh, appreciate if you give us a five-star review, write us, uh, write a little review on us. I will definitely appreciate it. And, uh, hope you come back for our next episode. Thank you. I'm cranking up on the throttle. This is how legends are made. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.